it's hard to have a conversation about audience these days without mentioning Arvid Kahl, who's been very steadily and consistently building an audience about audience building. And he recently published a book about the embedded entrepreneur. And I think he just started a course about it where he breaks down his approach. So the final step, we've gone through three steps already. The final step is audience building. This is you've found a problem and you know you know it belongs to a particular community that you've explored and embedded yourself inside of and you feel very confident about this problem. Okay, well now how do you actually build an audience for yourself? You know, what are, you, what are the steps that you take? What's the most actionable thing people could walk away from uh, this conversation knowing about this final step of audience building? So that this will be a, a crash course in Twitter because that's where I've been doing this and that's what I can share right now. But uh, the, the three main things are engagement, empowerment, and valuable content. That's that's like the three pillars that I have to, to any kind of audience growth. Because what you want to do is you want to build a personal reputation as somebody who is really, really helpful in a community. At the same time, you want to build a professional reputation as bu having built a product that is extremely useful to people who need their problem solved. So this happens through building an audience around yourself as a founder and around your professional whatever you're building, be it an info product or a SaaS or an e-commerce platform, whatever. That thing is the professional brand and you have a personal brand. They intermingle and it's, I think, the best for, for us indie hackers to have like a lot of connection between the two because if we built, if we solopreneur a product, we are the product and our brand and the product's brand are really intertwined. And that's a good thing because if you... If you build in public, for example, that creates a certain kind of leverage, a certain level of trust that where one brand, your personal founder brand, kind of colors the brand of the product as well. If the founder is reliable, so will the product be, right? If the founder is smart, probably going to get a good product. So there's a lot of back and forth between those two. So now, how do you build a brand? Well, like I said, engagement, empowerment, and valuable content. And in this order, I find a lot of people who are on Twitter and they start posting stuff. They write articles, they tweet and nobody listens to them. It's not surprising. They don't have an audience. Nobody sees it. Nobody gets to see it. So content is the third most important thing when it comes to Twitter. The most important thing is to actually go where people already are. And that's one thing that I've been doing when I started out with not many followers. That's what I see the most successful people who are building an audience and a community on Twitter doing, they go to where people are already having a conversation. They follow influencers in the field. They go, they turn on notifications or something and figure out influencer posts something. There's probably going to be something happening there. Let me go there too and see how I can contribute meaningful to this conversation. And if you do that enough, you're essentially doing what I call the audience audition. You go to somebody else's audience and you audition for their attention mm. by being helpful, by asking interesting questions, by giving your the first hand account of certain experiences or by sharing right. something that you know you, you don't need to write an article on something you can just be on twitter and ask somebody have you thought about this yeah that is content enough yeah and th that's where it starts i like to think of uh sometimes like the online landscape as analogous to like a real world location because sometimes when you're online, it's like it's easy to just tweet into the void and be like, why is nobody responding or, or yeah. you know, listening to me? But like, it's kind of like going to a party and then like finding a corner where nobody's listening and nobody is and then just like talking and be like, why yeah. is no one listening to me? Well, it's like you just went to like the, like the empty part of the room, right? But if you imagine Twitter as this party, well, go to like Paul Graham's Twitter account where there's like 100,000 people all gathered around him talking about different things. And if you're responding to his tweets or making, you know, thoughtful comments there, like a lot more people are going to see and engage with them. 
and and those are the people that you want to actually talk to right because you you know that particularly if, if we look at people following other indie hackers that are actively building products like those are very likely the same people that if you build a product for indie hackers or for software developers or something that would like to follow you because you're on a similar journey and you have something meaningful to contribute that might be similar to what other people are saying, but uniquely colored by your own experiences. So if we go to those people and, and audition for their audiences, the likelihood of them converting, and I don't really like to use marketing terms here because it's really about building relationships with people, but about them wanting to have a relationship with you is so much higher than if you just yell into the void or, or even worse, like pay money for this thing to be distributed to be other people, right? You, you don't do paid ads when you want to build an audience. This comes through organic interaction between real human beings talking about real things. And again, like I've said this three or four times now, but like this is all kind of patience, right? All the things you're talking about right now, you're going to be able to do these things well on Twitter or any other social network because you are patient enough to do the beginning steps. If you want to go to where people already are, that means you have to know where people already are, which means you have to know like who's an influencer in the space and what they have to say, which means you have to have done like the earlier steps. And I've seen like so many things, you know, if you want to do the empowerment thing, for example, if you want to help people and actually just sort of give before you get, you have to know how to help people, which means you have to have done a bunch of research about what the audience wants. So again, you had to have started at the earlier steps. And I've seen so many people on Twitter who are doing exactly what you're saying. Like they're just helpful. So some of the things I've seen that work really well are uh, recommended follow lists where somebody will make a tweet and they'll be like, here are 10 people I really recommend that you follow on Twitter. And for every single tweet in that thread will be a person and a really, you know, warm description of why that person's awesome and maybe a link to one of the person's great tweets. And it'll be just like a thread of like 10 or 15 people they recommend that you follow. And then every one of those people will be like, feel, feel so like great that, you know, you made this thread recommending that people follow them and they'll probably follow you back or maybe even retweet it, et cetera. And you're helping your audience because you're like telling them who to follow and where to get good content on Twitter. And like, that's just giving, you know, and getting in return or what you're saying, like retweeting, like, especially if you retweet something's somebody's tweet, sort of a quote at the top with your own thoughts, almost everybody I know who tweets anything, no matter how big their account is, they look at all the retweets and everything that people said about their tweet. And they're going to notice it if you're consistently saying good things about their tweets. Or um, one thing I did in the early days of indie hackers is if somebody said something smart, like if Amy Hoy had a really good quote in a blog post or something, I would make a tweet and I would just kind of Photoshop her quote. And then I would tweet it from the indie hackers account and just talk about it. And then like her, whoever had the quote would always engage with that and feel so flattered that we're talking about their ideas, et cetera. And so like, there's just so much you can do to connect with people who have bigger audiences than you and show them that you're engaged and then like help your followers in the same breath. Yeah, it all boils down to supporting other people. That's really the, the main thing here. And if you want to build an audience, you just help people help themselves or help people succeed or help people find whatever they need. It doesn't really matter. Just help them, support them, be there for them and be a voice for them. This is a lot of stuff. You know, we've like barely scratched the surface of your book. You've gone and you go into so much detail about each of these steps and there's a ton of like actionable sub steps. And I think for a lot of people who want to get started, they can feel overwhelmed. It's like, oh God, this is like so much to work on. My advice for people who feel that way is that's why the first step is the most important. Pick an audience, a group of people that you really, really like, where it doesn't feel like work to be part of that community and to engage with the influencers. You feel like lucky and kind of privileged to be able to do it. And it makes you feel good about yourself. And then none of this feels like work. Like it doesn't feel like work to me to like talk to people like you or talk to other founders or go to events with founders and like tweak this kind of stuff because it's like, <laughs> it's just fun. It's the people like I naturally want to be around. So if you get that step right, all these other steps are actually kind of just like playing. But if you get that step wrong, all these other steps feel like work and it feels like too much stuff to do. And you wonder how other people have the energy to do it. And it's because they're actually interacting with people that they love and they want to be around.
that's why I put affinity as the first step and then the guide initially. Because if if that's not right, everything else will not be right as well. Right. And once you've found those people, and I'm lucky that I have not just one, but multiple audiences that I feel so strongly connected with, right? Writers, entrepreneurs, software engineers. I have this connection with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it's great because at the intersection of that are ex-engineers who write books and also have businesses and there is a couple of those and that's even cooler it's like people like me and i get to talk to them like you (laughs) it's just such an enjoyable thing like i like i said earlier i i want a life completely devoid of things on my calendar today is an exception because i get to talk to you you know this is something that i want on my calendar and i get it i love it well, listen, Arvid, uh, this is also the only thing in my calendar for today. So I could easily talk to you for like three hours, but then we would give away every single thing in your book. <laughs> You've been through a lot. You know, you built a bunch of different products and companies. You built Feedback Panda, which is a huge success. You built a huge audience for yourself. You're spending your years helping people. You've read multiple books. Uh, what do you think is a lesson that new indie hackers or even experienced indie hackers can take away from your journey overall? I think one of the core lessons that I didn't understand until recently is this concept of involuntary reciprocity. The fact that if you give enough for free to people, if you just spend enough of your time to help them and to make their lives easier, to solve their problems for and with them without asking for anything in return, they cannot help but helping you back at some later point. It's like your the, the human psychology is we need to get even in the best and the worst ways. And if you help, 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 they want to get even by helping, helping, helping you back. And if you do this at scale in a community, in building an audience or, or just in the community where you're already at, people will eventually come back to you. And if you do this over time, the cumulative effects of that are staggering. And you have to trust that by giving without asking, you're inviting these opportunities in the future because it will always look bleak when you start. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody cares. I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody knows what I'm doing. That's right. (laughs) That's actually true. And that's fine. So just continue because you're going to do more the next day and you're going to do more the day after. And over time, you're advantages the possibilities and the opportunities will accumulate into something meaningful that will have life-changing effects for you and you have to trust that and i think if you understand this involuntary reciprocity as a basic concept of human nature you'll be fine just give and help and support so to be honest is he a little bit too optimistic about these approaches maybe but i think he serves as a form of cheerleading or encouragement when possibly you need that more than you need any other realistic cynicism. If you like this message, definitely check out his podcast because he's got lots more where that came from.